Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. That means... And it's officially midnight Pacific time. And that means regardless of where you are in the continental 48 states, it is Sunday. That means that it's a basketball Sunday as we've got the round of 32 continuing on. Going to be hitting every single one of these NCAA tournament games in the final hour. Going to give you guys my side total and analysis on all of them in the final segment. If you want to missing it from the second hour, I'm going to be giving out my DK nation pick as well. So we've got you guys covered on a little bit of everything. So, Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it, and let's go to the top of the betting board with regards to rotation order. This is going to start with 8-15, Miami and Auburn are going to be doing battle. Auburn out there in Greenville, South Carolina, find themselves as a favorite in most places at a 7.5. I'm seeing a couple straight 7s that wind up popping up with a little bit of juice, but most part, seeing a lot of 7.5. Total is anywhere between 144 and 145, and... When I take a look at this spot, I do like the points here with Miami. This is a team that I wind up setting as a six and a half point underdog because with Miami, they do a good job of being able to win the turnover battle. They give you right around eight and a half seals per contest. And at the same time, they turn the ball over right around 9.7, 9.8 times per contest. They're in the top 20 in all of college basketball with regards to fewest turnovers on a per possession basis and in the top 40 with regards to steals force on a per possession basis. That is a very good duo to have. And when you take a look at what you're able to get on the flip side for the sovereign team. It has been a team that has actually been very good on offense. You take a look at what they've been able to do, and they've been able to put up at least 74 points, and now out of their last 19 games, 15 of them. So this is a team that I don't have my doubts with them being able to put up points in this game. The only question is how they're going to be able to take care of the ball because this is a Auburn team that they haven't necessarily had a lot of turnovers and it's an Auburn team that they do play at a pretty frenetic pace with regards to total possessions per game. They rank in the top 20. So this is a team that they are going to be willing to go up tempo. Meanwhile, Miami, this is a team that on defense, they leave something to be desired. 254th in the country with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis. But you do take a look at the Auburn team and in road and neutral court environments, is not necessarily been going so well for them because you take a look at them a little bit earlier in the season. They wind up playing one possession games against Georgia and Missouri. Georgia was being coached at the time by Tom Crean, who is still riding the coattails of Dwayne Wade to this day. So that is very unfortunate. And well, they wound up getting pushed to the brink in that one. Auburn has just not necessarily been the same team away from Alabama. We even saw that in the SEC tournament. Meanwhile, Miami is a team that has actually been able to do a very solid job in road and neutral court environments, they are 
13th of the country with regards to two-point shooting percentage at 55%. Now, one big elixir that you've got with Auburn, that would be that guy by the name of Walker Kessler that's able to give you four and a half blocks per contest and with regards to blocks on a per-shot basis that they wind to face. Like Auburn, by far, number one out there in all of college basketball, but their block shots winds up going away in the state of Alabama. State of Alabama, 10 block shots per game. On the road, it's still very good. I mean, six and a half blocks per game is nothing to sneeze at, but and that's a full three and a half blocks per contest fewer. So, and it's something that you do want to be taking note of. Now, the big thing that you need for this Miami team is to just hold in there on the glass. You don't need them to win the rebound battle by any stretch of the imagination, but you do need them to do a halfway decent job because this is a team that I fear that they might wind up getting bludgeoned. This is an Auburn team that take a look at them right around 57th of the country with regards to rebound rate. With Miami, this is a team that they clock in 315th. The big thing with this Miami team, though, is that Jordan Miller has been able to breathe a little bit of life into them down low. A guy that winds coming in from George Mason right around 10.6 rebounds per game. So I do like his overall game. And then you take a look at the backcourt. Cam Magusi, along with Mr. Isaiah Wong, have been able to combine for about 33 and a half points per contest. Both of these guys shooting the mid-30s from three-point range. And really the guy that is the heartbeat of this offense, that'd be Charlie Moore. Moore is able to give you two blocks, four and a half assists. He chips in there right around 12 and a half points per contest. Shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. So he has been able to do an absolutely tremendous job with that regard. And you do take a look at the Sovereign team. Katie Johnson along with Wendell Green. They combined to be able to give you about 24 points per contest. Green has been able to give you five assists per game. But I do take a look at this spot. I do think that with Miami, you're going to see another relatively airbrained game out of them. They wound up playing an under against USC. But that's merely because Miami couldn't hit the broad side of a barn in that game. They wound up shooting sub 10% from three-point range. But they won that game because... USC forced them into three turnovers. They forced USC into 18 turnovers. I think that Miami is going to be able to do a solid job out there in the backcourt. That is going to allow them to be able to remain live. And I think that this is really a game in which you've got to be basing what do you value more, the backcourt of Miami or the front court of Auburn. If you side with the front court of Auburn, you want to be laying the points. If you, like me, think that the backcourt of Miami is going to be a relatively solid force, you want to be taking the points. I am going to be on the side of Miami. I wound up setting my line at 6.5, and, and when it comes to the total, set it at a 146.5. Keep in mind as well, we've been seeing this a lot during the NCAA tournament. Even if a team is down like 8 to 10 points, they are very much not afraid to follow late in games. I mean, if you, like me, wind up having the under in that Michigan State versus Davidson game, that was a complete and utter travesty, but it wound up going over the total. So that is something that you do want to be keeping in mind. So I'm going to be taking the points here with Miami, and I'm going to be taking a look at an over as I set my total at 150 or 146.5. Now we wind up going to 817, 818 on the bank board. You've got Michigan State and Duke that's going to be doing battle, and with Duke, you're right now finding themselves as a mid-sized favorite, I think is the best way of being able to put it. With Duke, you're going to be finding them anywhere between a six and a half. Was seeing a couple sixes a little bit earlier, but now it's all six and a half across the board. And your tallest game is anywhere between 144 and a half and 145. And I'm going to be siding with Michigan State. Last time Michigan State and Duke wound up doing battle in the NCAA tournament. There was a guy by the name of Zion Williamson that was playing for Duke and it did not wind up going their way. Tom Izzo, just an absolute mastermind of a coach. And shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Michigan State has been able to turn things around here in the month of March. I mean, who could have seen that coming? Because it only happens, looks down at calendar. Oh, yeah, every single stinking year with Michigan State. It's a team that they've actually went a little bit cold from three-point range. This is a bunch of, in their last five games, they're shooting, or in their last three games, 
They're shooting sub 30% from three point range, but still they've been able to fire on all cylinders on offense. This is a Michigan State team that the big thing with them is not turning the ball over. With regards to turnovers on a per possession basis, it's a Michigan team that they rank outside the top 200. The good news is they're facing off against a Duke team that they do a very poor job of being able to force turnovers. 305th in the country with regards to turnovers forced on a per possession basis. You've got a Michigan State team that they themselves have been able to do a very solid job with having quite a few guys that are able to shoot it from three-point range. Ty Walker is able to shoot 46% from three. He's able to give you eight points for assists per contest. You've got Malik Hall shooting over 40% from three-point range as well. It's a Michigan State team that Unlike in past years where you wind up having someone like a Cassius Winston, where you wind up having someone like even a Jaron Jackson Jr., who he should be up for a defensive player of the year, in my opinion, in the NBA right now. But unlike those seasons, you don't have that one star. You've got one guy that averages more than nine and a half points per contest. That'd be Gabe Brown, who's able to give you 11 and a half points per game. Very much whole is greater than the sum of its parts team. You take a look at Duke and you've got that man, Paulo Boncaro, 17.7 rebounds. I always like what I see out of him, but I always feel like he leaves a little bit of something to be desired. I'm not sure why, but I always see the potential, but I always feel like he should be putting up bigger numbers than what he does, if that winds up making sense. Now, the good news for this Duke team is that they've been able to get a little bit more out of Wendell Moore recently. Wendell Moore was just a complete and utter fireball at the beginning of the season. He looked like, in my opinion, a guy that you wanted to be considering for perhaps National Player of the Year futures after the months of November and December. He was playing that well. He was averaging right around 17 points per contest. He wound up having a triple-double. I believe it was against Campbell a little bit earlier in the season. I mean, he had it all going on at a bag of chips. Now, with that said, he wound up having a big, giant fall-off when it came to ACC play, but he has been able to rebound, and he's been able to rebound very well recently. You take a look at him and what he's been able to do the last four contests for this team. So, ever since the beginning of the ACC tournament, shooting 43% from three, 17 points, five and a half boards, four and a half assists, turning the ball over just twice, that has been very beneficial. But you take a look at this Duke team over the last four games with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis. They've been, been in the bottom 75 in all of college basketball. Mark Williams should be able to win the fight down low. He's able to give you 2.8 blocks per contest, and I do take a look at Trevor Keels. He can be a little bit inconsistent for this Duke team as well. And with Duke, what I think is going to be very big is what you're going to be able to get out of the ancillary guards. What are you going to be able to get out of Jeremy Roach? Because it's a Michigan State team that they don't necessarily have that one ball hawking guy, but at the same time, they are a bunch that they've got a lot of guys that are able to do a solid job for this team. Now, you take a look at Coach K versus Tom Izzo. Coach K has been able to come out 12 out of the 15 times that they wind up being able to match up. But you take a look at it. Tom Izzo in the NCAA tournament, just time and time again, they are able to get the job done because Coach K, he just winds up always having a little bit of an issue with regards to it. So I do think that it is going to be very intriguing. And I believe that the 12 and three is Coach K versus Izzo in the regular season because Coach K against Tom Izzo in the NCAA tournament is three and five. So that is something that you do want to be taking a look at. And something else I'm going to be taking a look at in this game as well. Marcus Bingham Jr., someone who has been in the doghouse of Tom Izzo for so long. And he has been able to fire on all cylinders. He's been able to give this Michigan State team eight blocks in the last three contests. He's been able to stay out there on the floor. A guy that's able to give you six rebounds, nine points at seven feet tall, shoots in the mid to high 30s from three-point range. He could be a massive difference maker in this game. And then also with A.J. Griffin, he has been able to do a great job with his three-point shooting as well. You've got a pair of teams that they're a little bit above average with regards to their tempo. You don't necessarily have a team in here that is going to be just absolutely blazing it up the floor, but at the same time, neither of these teams, they're not necessarily going to be slowing it down either. But I feel a little bit heartened with 
what I've seen out of the Michigan State defense recently. He did wind up having Duke get up off the mat with their defense with what you wind up seeing in that game against Kelsey Fullerton as well. These are two coaches that are just legends of the game. I would consider in-game, though, the better coach in this one to be Tom Izzo. I think that he's going to be able to keep his team close. And you take a look at what you're able to get out of AJ Griffin as well. Very intriguing with him because in a road and neutral court environment, this is a guy that has overall for the season taken 77% or 77 threes and has hit 37 of them. So he's shooting well over 40% from distance. I think that he's going to be a key for Duke being able to win the game outright. But this is a spread that I set at five and a half. I'm going to be taking a look at Duke and with setting my total at 144 and a half, at 145 or higher, going to be taking a look at an under. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at Texas versus Purdue right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, Esports Bank Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Get everything that you need to bet the madness this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including data, strategy, and advice for just $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket, going into one of those second chance brackets, or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready on every single game in every single round of the NCAA tournament. Our experts, myself, Greg Eubes-Peters, and Matt Human, Sean Von Tobel, and Tim Murray, we have insight on every single key team conference and player to watch from the favorites to the teams like St. Peter's, the Peacocks, who wind up crashing many, many brackets. Sign up today to be able to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament for just $19. That is going to be through April 5th at VEASAN.com slash madness. As it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Unfortunately, I did not do my duty to the fullest of my abilities because I did not wind up seeing St. Peter's going to the Sweet 16. I do apologize about that. But with that said, we do wind up getting the rebirth of some Mark Wahlberg lines, and that winds up absolutely warming my heart right there. So you always have some positives when it comes to that, and there's always positives when it comes to being able to handicap college basketball games because that means that you can make some money. So how about if we wind up going out to my home state of Wisconsin for a pair of games out there to... The game that we're going to be seeing with Texas versus Purdue. 8-19, 8-20 on the betting board. Right now, you're finding Purdue actually coming down a little bit on this line. They wound up opening up 
in a lot of spots right around a four-point favorite right now you're seeing them pretty much three and a half across the board and your total on this game going to be getting anywhere between 134 and 134 and a half we're at now actually seeing some threes as well and this is coming down quite a bit as this is an opener that like i said you wound up seeing it at four at a lot of spots i know that there were a couple books in town that set very very early openers even at a four and a half that was a little bit too aggressive Three is the absolute max I'd be willing to take with Texas because I want to take my line at three personally, but this is a spot in which three or more, it is a take for me on the Longhorns. And we were talking about with Sean Paul does a great job over there at the field of 68 a little bit earlier on the show. And this is a Texas team that they have been able to find a little bit more offense. And what I think is just so important to them, Marcus Carr is not turning the ball over. He has had seven turnovers in the team's last six contests. He wound up having nine assists in that game against Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech, they've got more defense than Purdue. This is a Purdue team that they have been absolutely anemic on defense, and they don't force any turnovers whatsoever. With regards to turnovers forced on a per-possession basis, you've got 358 D1 teams. Purdue, they're clocking in 347th, and in a rodent neutral court environment, they force a turnover on 12.4% of possessions. Here are the teams that are lower. The Citadel, Oral Roberts, North Carolina, and Penn State. That means that they are fifth worst in college basketball with that regard. So you got that going on. And this is a Texas team that they do a good job of being able to generate swipes. They get right around eight seals per contest. They do a good job of being able to slow games down to a crawl. They're in the bottom 20 in all of college basketball with regards to with regards to uh, possessions per game. And then you got a Texas team that I talk about the fact that Purdue is forcing North turnovers. They are 13th in the country with turnovers forced on a per possession basis. And this is a Purdue team that we've seen them crater a little bit with regards to the three point shooting percentage. Now it's a Purdue team that they have still been rock solid on offense. This is the number three team in all of college basketball with regards points scored on a per possession basis. That said, this is also a Purdue team that when they are away from home, they score 12 and a half points fewer per one hundred possessions in a road and neutral court environment rather than at Mackey Arena. So that is something that you want to take note of. At home, they shoot right around 49% from three-point range. Road and neutral court, 37%. In their last three games, they've only been able to shoot right around 30.5% from distance. Now, they should be able to win the battle down low. Zach Eady, along Travion Williams, they combined to be able to give you 15 rebounds per contest. Edie is just one of the giants of the earth, a guy that stands right around seven foot three, seven foot four. So he's absolutely amazing with that regard. But I like what I've seen out of Timmy Allen all season long 12 and a half points, six and a half rebounds per game. And to say it how it is, I mean, Chris Beard actually has the number of Purdue. He's faced off against Purdue in the NCAA tournament twice, once with Texas Tech, once if you're going way back with Little Rock, got the better of them both times. Now, I don't necessarily stick a lot of sock into that, but I do think that it is something intriguing to take a look at. And Matt Painter has fallen short in the NCAA tournament a few times. We have seen it out of this team. You've got Jaden Ivey, who's able to give you right around 16 points, five boards. He shoots it well from three-point range. Sasha Savanovich is a guy that shoots 40% from three-point range. One of the better sharpshooters they're going to fight in all of college basketball. But Texas has a little bit more depth, in my opinion. Even though you've got guys like Mason Gillips and company on the other end for Purdue, you've got someone like a Christian Bishop who's able to come in. He's able to give you a different look for Texas, and that's what I think Texas is going to do. They're going to mix up what they wind up doing on defense against this Purdue team. They're going to give them a wide variety of looks. And if you're looking at your top coaches in all of college basketball, I recognize that Chris Beard has had a little bit of a tough time with it against better competition over the last, we're going to call it 18 months since last year. 
with Texas Tech had a little bit of a tough time as well, but I still consider Chris Beard to be one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. He does a tremendous job with the defense, and you've got yourself guys like Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, guys that returned from last year's Texas team that have been able to do a solid job of being able to breathe a little bit of life into this offense. A lot of people did not wind up making a lot of Trey Mitchell being out of the fold, but I do feel like it took Texas a little bit of time to be able to get over his loss. A guy that six foot nine was really one of their best three point shooters. So now that they have been able to get a couple more reps without him, I think that now they've been able to find a little bit more of their water mark. This is a spot in which I'm going to be backing the Texas Longhorns set this line at three. I did wind up saying this total at 133. I think that Texas is going to be able to do a solid job slowing things down to a crawl. It's a Purdue team that has been faltering a little bit more on offense as well. A team that hasn't been as effective went away from home. So I'm taking a look at the under and I'm taking a look at the points with Texas. How about if we wind up going out to the great state of Wisconsin to take a look at Wisconsin. 821-822 on the betting board. Seeing a little bit of movement with this Iowa State and Wisconsin game. Wisconsin opened up in some spots as Low as a three-point favorite. A lot of places open it up at three and a half as well. But now you're finding anywhere between four and a half and five with Wisconsin laying it. Anywhere between 125 and 126 is going to be your total. And with Wisconsin, it's very intriguing because this is a team that they don't necessarily do one thing great. They are outside of the top 75 in terms of both points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis. This is not a team that they're going to be going out there and they're just going to be ripping down a bunch of rebounds with regards to total rebound rate. This is a Wisconsin team that... They rank uh, the 358 D1 teams right around 160th, but you also take a look at Iowa State. Absolutely stifling on defense. Top 25 defense with regards points a lot on a per-possession basis. That LSU game really wound up helping out those numbers because LSU, boy, oh boy, they could not wind up hitting anything whatsoever from three-point range, but you take a look at Iowa State in a road and neutral court environment. They're a bottom 75 team with regards to rebound rate, and I think that Tyler Wall is going to be able to win the battle down low. Guy that's able to give you 12.6 rebounds per game now. Johnny Davis was experiencing a little bit of soreness with regards to his lower body injury that he's been going through. It seems like he should be good to go in this one, and it's very big to take a look at what you're able to get out of Johnny Davis because he is the entire key to this Wisconsin team. With, with Wisconsin, I would argue that with regards to one player making the biggest impact to his team, Johnny Davis is number one. You wind up seeing in two games without Johnny Davis entirely this season, they wound up playing a three-point home game against Nichols. Now, the Nichols Colonials are a team that wound up covering in the NIT against SMU, but Wisconsin has no business being in a close game with the Nichols Colonials. They lose outright to Providence, obviously, I know that a lot of people like to say that Providence has been getting lucky and everything like that, but that's not the world's worst loss. But you also wind up seeing it when they wound up having him out in the second half of that game against Nebraska. And they just were not able to do anything whatsoever. That was a big giant calamity. And with regards to Johnny Davis, he's actually been better in a road and neutral court environment. What he's been able to do when he's been playing his games out there in the city of Madison, he's been only shooting from three-point range right around 27% from three-point range. In a road and neutral court environment, he shoots more around 35.5% from three-point range. And in a road and neutral court environment, he's able to give you right around 22.5 points per contest. Meanwhile, 17.5 at home. And also, he gets more rebounds per game. His steals over double when he's away from home. So Johnny Davis has actually been able to do his best work away from Madison. And you've got an Iowa State team that they're going to be relying very heavily on Isaiah Brockington. Brockington has been able to give you 17.7 boards. He's able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range. But you can't think that Lightning is going to strike twice with Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter coming into the game against LSU. And he's a very fine player. And 
Revenge is going to be on the mind for him. I did mind factoring this in a little bit. He's a kid from Racine, Wisconsin. That's just outside of Milwaukee. So that is something that you want to be taking a look at. But going into the game against LSU, he's shooting 24.8% from three-point range. He went 7 of 11 from three in that game. 7-11, he was open to really crushing your bracket if you wound up having LSU making any sort of a run. So he was able to do that. But you take a look at Andre Kunich, Caleb Grill. They're able to do an okay job. And it's an L it's a Iowa State team that they do a good job of being able to force turnovers. What Wisconsin does do great, I was saying that they don't necessarily do one thing great. They do one thing great. They don't turn the ball over. They're in the top five in all of college basketball with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis. I think that Wisconsin keeps a clean sheet. I think that Wisconsin, a team that shoots right around 74, 75% in the free throw line, they're able to ice this game away. I do think that Wisconsin, a team that's a little bit faster this year than in past years, they wind up being able to get to this Iowa State defense because they wind up taking care of the ball. So my total at 126, looking over, and we're going to be looking to Wisconsin in this spot. Coming up next, we wind up going out to the city of Pittsburgh. That's where we find Ohio State and Villanova doing battle, and that's where we're going to be hitting next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Look your best and drive your best with Just for Men's March Basketball Series. Draft a winning lineup in two free to play contests for your shot at a share of $10,000 in total prizes. Head over to DraftKings.com slash JF. JFM now to be able to join in on the action terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply see DraftKings.com for details as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on the sports betting network VSIN. we've got a whole bunch of NCAA tournament action and if time allows we're going to dive into a few more of these NIT and CBI games as well because while you've got a lot of money to be made with regards to what we're going to be seeing out there in March Madness with regards to everything of that nature you've got like a good old sizzler between Abilene Christian and Troy. I'm seeing a nice edge on the over there. UNC Greens were on Boston. You are a pair of bottom 50 teams with regards to possessions per game. Northern Colorado, will they be able to guard a nosebleed against Florida Atlantic? So, I mean, while some of these games are not necessarily some of the sexiest out there, but it is one of those cases in which money is money, whether you're betting on the Super Bowl, whether you're betting on these NCAA tournament games, or if you wind up betting on UNC versus VMI, which is going to be a nice big giant sizzler, in my opinion, out there in Daytona Beach, Florida. So we've got a lot of that going on. But how about if we wind up going with this game of 823-824 from the city of Pittsburgh as the Ohio State University is going to be taking on Villanova. Villanova finds themselves anywhere between a five and five and a half point favor. We're seeing a lot of fives now pop and your turn on this game. You're going to get anywhere between a 131 and a half and a 132 and a half. And spot in which I did wind up setting my total at a 131. You've got a Villanova team that has been very good at being able to slow down games. They're in the bottom 25 with regards to possessions per game. So this is a team that they do a good job of being able to hold it down there. And you take a look at Ohio state this is a team that they do rank outside the top 150 with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis they wound up seeing a very nice rise with that regard after loyal chicago couldn't hit the broad side of a bar and that was one of the more tragic games that we wound up seeing in the ncaa tournament as nobody could wind up hitting anything in that contest that said 
I do take a look at this spot. I do mind saying Villanova as a seven-point favorite. I like what I'm seeing out of this Wildcats team. And I do think that they're going to be able to hold up against who I think is actually going to be the best low-post player in EJ Liddell. Liddell has been absolutely magnificent for this Ohio State team. 19.5 points, seven boards. He's able to chip in their two and a half blocks and shoots nearly 40% from three-point range as well. So he has been able to do an absolutely terrific job with that regard. But what Ohio State does not do is they're unable to turn defense into offense. They rank 335th in the country with regards to steals force on a per-possession basis. And they entered into the NCAA tournament prior to that game. And we wound up seeing against Loyal Chicago. As a matter of fact, 227th with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis. You've got a Villanova team that has one of just 16 in the country that has committed 10 turnovers per game or fewer. And this is a team that if you need them to cover late, this is very important. Number one in the country in terms of free throw shooting percentage. Every single player that has taken the floor for Villanova this year and seen meaningful minutes shoots at least 74.5% at the free throw line. Absolutely massive when you wind up getting into these spreads of five, six points because there's nothing worse than betting on a game, having it be like a, in this case, five-point spread. Your team is up six with a minute left to go. Guess who winds up getting fouled? Seven-foot Captain Mick uncoordinated the seventh, who is currently shooting for the year 35% of the charity stripe. We have all been there, and it is not fun. You want no part of it, and with Villanova, you're not going to be having part of that. Now, with that said, you take a look at this Ohio State team, and what really does impress me with them, Malachi Branham. Malachi Branham has really been able to come on towards back half of the season, a guy that was a little bit of an afterthought towards the beginning part of the campaign, but you take a look at what he's been able to do in road and neutral court environments, and the guy has been absolutely tremendous. The raw numbers for the year, 13.5 points, 3.5 boards, right around two assists per contest, and has really been the... Best three-point shooter for the team. Cedric Russell has had his moments for Ohio State, but he doesn't necessarily see a lot of consistent minutes, so has made it a little bit touch and go for him. But I mean, overall this year, he's been able to shoot 42% from three-point range, but take a look at him in a road and neutral court environment. And I think the reason why you've got these biggest splits is because he just didn't wind up seeing a lot of time in their by games. But with that said, this is a guy that in a road and neutral court environment, he's been able to average right around 14 points per contest and has just been able to really light it up from three-point range. He has been able to shoot a combined about 43% from three-point range. So has been relatively solid, a guy that you're able to trust in at the free line as well. You've got Kyle Young and Zed Key, who both should be in the fold. Guys that have been able to get by for right around 16 points per contest. But if Iowa State is even remotely not as good as they've been on offense throughout the entirety of the season, it's going to be tough because in that game against Loyal Chicago, they were able to get the job done because Loyal Chicago was just absolutely terrible in that game. Jamari Wheeler is able to give you three assists per contest. But you do take a look at this Villanova team. I do think that there is something to both the coaching angle and also the angle of having senior coaches as well. These are guys that you want to be backing. When it comes to these big NCAA tournament games, they're just coaches that time and time again, they seem to be able to press the right buttons. Jay Wright has been able to do that, winning two NCAA tournament titles in the last second. And then you've got a guy in Colin Gillespie. This is something that you can't track on a set sheet. This is not something that's going to be coming into the box score, but a guy that wound up having his NCAA tournament ripped away from him last season because of a very brutal and unfortunate injury two seasons ago. Obviously, everyone wound up having the NCAA tournament ripped away from them because of COVID-19. We were all very sad. I had to handicap Korean baseball as a result, so that was not any fun for anyone, but that said, I do think that that is something that is going to be a little bit of a factor in this game. I just take a look at Ohio State. 
their leaky defense is going to wind up nipping them in the butt. Now, I would say they themselves shoot right around 76% at the free throw line, but I do think that this is going to be a spot in which you're going to really see Villanova be able to bear down on defense. I think that they're going to be at their best with that regard. Jermaine Samuels, coupled with Eric Dixon Jr., it will give you a combined 12 rebounds per game. I think that they hold up at the point of attack, so it's a Villanova team that I think gets the job done here. One to lay the points with Villanova, set them as a seven-point favorite, and I'm going to be taking a look at it under as well. Houston and Illinois is the DK Nation pick, so we're going to be skipping that, and we're going to be hitting that in the final segment, but how about if we wind up going 827, 828 on the betting board? Notre Dame and Texas Tech are going to be doing battle out there in the state of California. Texas Tech, in a lot of spots, you're going to be finding them as an eight-point favorite. You were seeing some seven halves earlier in the day. Those seem to have all dried up. So right now, you're pretty much getting eight across the board. And your tallest game, you're going to be getting it between 132 and 133. And Texas Tech has just been absolutely magnificent with regards to their defense. This is sort of in the middle of where I want to making my number. I made my number 132 and a half. At 132 and a half, like we're seeing in a lot of books right now, I would rather take an under rather than an over because you just don't want to be betting against this Texas Tech team. And with Texas Tech, with regards to their offensive efficiency, points scored on a per possession basis, going to the NCAA tournament in a road and neutral court environment, 24 points per 100 possessions fewer rather than when they are in Lubbock. So the offense experiences a big giant pitfall, but you take a look at this Texas Tech defense and it has been dominant. Number two overall in the country with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis and wrote a neutral court environment. They are number one. Number two, by the way, is Navy. So that is a little bit random, but Texas Tech just does a great job of being able to force turnovers. They make your life miserable. You now have Taron Shannon, who's able to give you a little bit more scoring, giving you 10.5 points per contest, shoots 39% from three-point range. That's an added dimension. This is an order name team that they rank outside the top 25 with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis. Now, this is a Notre Dame team that they're able to fire it from three-point range, but I do think that they're going to cool off after they went 10 of 16 from three-point range against Alabama. Alabama is just flat-out a brutal defense. Notre Dame, 10th of the country with regards to three-point shooting percentage. They wound up being able to shoot in that contest 62.5%, and they have been able to be a hot team overall, but I do take a look at the Texas Tech team, and they themselves haven't necessarily been too great from three-point range overall for the season, but they're coming in on a little bit of a sizzler as well. In their last three games, they're shooting 41% from three-point range. They just completely set Montana State ablaze. They just could not wind up missing in that game, and Bryson Williams, I think, is going to be a tough matchup for Notre Dame. Nate Lashevsky for Notre Dame is able to give you seven boards. He's able to shoot it well from three-point range, but you take a look at Williams, 14 points, four boards, shoots over 40% from three-point range. Kevin McCullough, just a guy that winds up making winning plays. 10 points, five boards, three assists. Does a good job of being able to give you right around a block per game. Gives you right around a steal per game. And Mark Adams is a guy that lives and breathes Texas basketball. He wound up taking over for Chris Beard, and he's been able to just pick up right where he left off. Now, all the credit in the world to Mike Bray. He has done one of the better coaching jobs in all of college basketball. When this Notre Dame team wanted coming out to Las Vegas, I mean, nobody saw a 24-win team there. I don't know if many people saw like a 17 to 18 win team. So give him all the credit in the world. And Blake Wesley has been the reason why Notre Dame's offense has been so effective. But with Notre Dame, you just have to fear that this is a team that they are going to be just completely held down and not able to do anything that they want because Notre Dame winds up playing that burn style of offense in which they play extremely slow. They always try to be able to get their shot late and they typically are able to find it. Out of 358 D1 teams, this is a Notre Dame team that they rank in the bottom 50 in all of college basketball with regards to possessions per game. Texas Tech is a team that 
they like to slow it down a little bit as well. They're not necessarily a snail by any stretch of the imagination. They're right around 193rd, so that's about as league average as the Lions are getting. But with Notre Dame playing the style that they wind up doing, playing against a Texas Tech defense that is as dominant and as swarming as it gets, I think that this is a relatively bad matchup. I am willing to lay the points here with Texas Tech. I wanted setting them as an eight and a half point favorite. And like I said, with the 132 and a half that we're currently seeing, I would rather take it under rather than over. So we're going to be taking a look at that. And then in the final segment, we're going to be taking a look at my DK Nation pick, TCU in Arizona, and anything else that we can fit in in the final segment on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Take another shot at March Mania Moolah with KFC's second chance survivor pool, and I'm sure that many people need this one. Make winning picks throughout the entirety of the tournament. Claim your share of $20,000. Head over to DriveKings.com slash KFC hyphen March hyphen Mania. So you've got two hyphens in there. Now to be able to join in on the action, KFC is finger looking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Banking Network. We've got you covered all throughout the day here on VSIN with absolutely great content when it comes to the NCAA tournament and so much more as well. We're obviously taking a look at everything that's happening with all these NFL signings. The baseball season is getting heated up. Like I said, in future weeks on the Greg Peterson experience, we're going to be taking a look at MLB futures once the season gets in in action as well. I've had a lot of people ask me, well, I have my spreadsheet back with regards to the MLB. Absolutely. I'm getting things all squared away with regards to being able to do some baseball content when it comes to the audio side of things as well. So things are in the works with that regard. Have no fear. I will be with you on that as well. And and handicapping a money line sport is a little bit different than handicapping a spread sport. I always love baseball. Some people call it boring. I call it America's pastime. I absolutely love it. So we're going to be looking forward to that. But now it is the best time of year. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is a time in which we've got the madness ensuing and I always wind up giving out one of these every single day for DK Nation. So how about if we dive into what I've got for Sunday? We wind up going out to Pittsburgh, 825, 826 on the betting board. Houston, Illinois are going to be doing battle. Illinois find themselves a four and a half point underdog with your total on scheme here between 133 and a half. Now DraftKings, we're seeing 134 and a half with juice on the under end. It's a spot in which I wind up giving out for DK Nation. Illinois, I wanted making this line more like a two and a half. 
you take a look at Houston and they have not defeated a ranked opponent all season long. Really their best win, I would say, it was probably probably in the in the conference tournament, which they were able to take down Memphis. They did a solid job there, but they wound up going one and two against Memphis as well. Houston has great metrics there in the top eight in all of college basketball in terms of points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis. But in their step up games, they've had a little bit of issue. You wound up seeing Alabama put north of 80 points up on them. They wound up getting down by 20 against Wisconsin. They were able to make a little bit of a furious run in that game, but that was a little bit of a tough one for them as well. So I do take a look at this Houston team and I just wonder with regards to the 30 and five record. Yeah, they're a really solid team, but how much of it was against necessarily the world's greatest competition. This is a Houston team that is number one in all of college basketball with regards to offensive rebound rate. They wind up being able to get a rebound on right around 38 to 39% of their missed shots. So that is good. But at the same time, you're going up against an Illinois team that they rank in the top 40 with regards to rebound rate themselves. And they've got that guy by the name of Kofi Coburn and He's pretty darn good. He's been able to give you 20 and a half points, 11 rebounds per game. Now with Illinois, we wound up seeing them go out to a little bit of a smaller conference team last season in Loyola, Chicago. I would consider the American to be a little bit better than the Missouri Valley conference, but both of these teams are still obviously very solid. And if you take a look at this Houston team, the big trepidation I have with them is that if this is like, say a game that is four or five points. So it's sitting right on the spread with a minute left to go. This Houston team is terrible at the free throw line. They are outside the top 320 with regards to free throw shooting percentage. Illinois, their free throw numbers are a little bit of a Medusa, in my opinion. They shoot as a collective right around 70.5% the free throw line, but that's because Kofi Coburn is one of the top players in all of college basketball with regards to free throw attempts. And if you do wind up having Houston, follow the way that they're typically doing. They are 275th in all of college basketball with regards to fouls committed on a per possession basis. Gonna have a lot of those probably go against the guards. And when it comes to Alfonso Plummer, Jacob Granderson, along Trent Frazier, they all shoot at least 80% at the free line. So I think that that is something that you do want to be taking a look at with regards to this one. I mentioned it with Houston and their bad free throw shooting percentage. And it is something that I think is a little bit hard to trust in. Now, I do like what you're able to get out of Kyler Edwards, a guy that's able to give you 13 half points, five boards, two and a half assists, solid three point shooter. But Ever since the beginning of the month of January, Houston's only been able to shoot about 32% from three-point range. That's when you wind up having Traymond Mark along with Marcus Sasser go out of the fold. So the injuries to the backcourt have caused this team to be not necessarily so effective with regards to their three-point shooting percentage. Now, you do take a look at this Illinois team, and I've mentioned this ad a few times, and I'll mention it again. When Andre Corbello plays at least 19 minutes, this is a team that is 2-10 against the spread. But with regards to those spreads, Illinois found themselves as a favorite in 11 of them. And Andre Carbello is a good defender. Andre Carbello is actually a very, very good defender. Gets too loose with the ball. The six turnovers that you wind up having against Chattanooga, unacceptable. In my opinion, the function of a point guard is to be able to flow good, clean, and efficient offense. Bad shot selection, coupled with the fact that you've got all those, I mean, we're going to call it what it is, just but ugly turnovers. That is not necessarily too terrific, but on the defensive side of things, he has been an ace for this team. Jacob Granderson wound up returning in that last game for Illinois, wound up playing very limited amount of minutes against Chattanooga, only nine. I expect him to have his workload be a little bit greater in this game. And with Trent Frazier, he does a good job of running a point guard spot for an Illinois team that they turn the ball over right around 12 and a half times per contest, even with Andre Curbelo's turnover. So whenever Curbelo's off the floor, this is a team that they actually do a good job of being able to keep things in line. And this is a Houston team that they generate right around eight and a half steals per contest. So they've been one of the better teams in all of college basketball in that regard. But with that, as I mentioned, 
you wind up getting a lot of fouls as well. So this is a game which I think that Illinois is going to be able to hang with a Houston team that I mean, really has not necessarily played against the world's greatest competition. Calvin Sampson has a little bit of a coaching advantage on Brad Underwood. There's no question about it, but I take a look at that backcourt of Houston. Jamal Sheed does a very good job dishing out eight as, or six assists per contest. And take a look at it. I think that he's had two turnovers in the last four contests. So I do think that you're going to get a lot of clean and efficient offense. I did wind up setting my total at 135 because I think that this comes down to late game felling. And I think that that is ultimately what is going to blow the cover here for Houston. Set my line at two and a half. DK Nation pick is going to be Illinois. And I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. We've got one more NCAA tournament game to hit. If we wind up getting through this too quickly, well, we're going to be hitting on a little bit of NIT, but how about 829, 830 on the betting board? You've got TCU and Arizona. This is going to be really one of the later games that we wind up seeing on Sunday with Arizona, a 9.5 to a 10-point favorite. And your total house game going to be getting at anywhere between 143 and 144. And this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the over. I wind up setting my total at 146. I do recognize that Arizona, with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis, is a top 25 team. But guess what? They're also a top 10 team with regards to points a scored on a per-possession basis and a top 15 team with regards to total possessions per game as well. So... They play at warp speed, and even without Kirk Carissa, it's an Arizona team that has been a complete and under fireball on offense. It's an Arizona team that, as a matter of fact, with regards to their offensive efficiency, they haven't seen a step back at all without Kirk Carissa. They've scored at least 80 points in every one of these contests. Meanwhile, you do have a TCU team that, with your lone trepidation with regards to the total, is that this is a team that they are bad on offense. One or 92nd in the country with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. And on top of that, with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, bottom 25 in all of college basketball, free throw shooting percentage and three-point shooting percentage. You're in the bottom 45 in all of college basketball in that regard as well. I think that this is just a classic mismatch. You've got yourself Christian Coloco. He's able to go a loco down low. He's able to give you three blocks, right around 15.7 rebounds per game. And then you're going up against a front court of TCU that I like Emmanuel Miller. He's able to give you 10.5 points, six rebounds per game. Eddie Lampkin is able to give you six points per game as well. But Azula Sabellis is going to be a matchup nightmare for these guys. 14 points, six rebounds. And even without Kirk Crease in the fold, you've been able to have a very good stable of guards, be able to step up. Even someone like an Adama Ball, who's only seen limited minutes, we wound up seeing him have his moments during that Pac-12 tournament. You've been able to see Pele Larson be able to give you right around three assists per contest. Ever since you wound up having the ailment to Kirk Reese, scoring double figures in darn near all those games as well. When he was at Utah last year, shot over 45% from three-point range. So he's very capable. Justin Kyer has been in college so long that I think that he wound up having bio 101 with Moses. I mean, he is that old, but you take a look at him and he's been able to do a tremendous job of being able to give this team some good steady facilitation at the guard spot as well. So he's been able to do a solid job with that regard. And then you take a look at what you're able to get for the TCU team. And among guys that average more than five points per game for this team, one guy that shoots over 30% from three point range. And I mean, with regards to just overall scores, two guys that shoot above like 32% from three point range. Francisco Farabello gives you right around four and a half points per contest. So that is going to be a big giant issue for TCU. Now, the one thing that TCU has going for them is the fact that they rebound it well. They're in the top five in all of college basketball with regards to both overall rebound rate and percentage of their shots that they miss that they wind up getting an offensive rebound on. Arizona, though. They're number six in the country with regards to rebound rate. So the advantage that TCU has had on the glass in so many of their games this season, that winds up going away because Arizona has so much versatility. Now, I do think that the lack of experience that Arizona has, it might hurt them in future rounds. But I mean, this is a TCU team that they themselves are a little bit 
of a team that has a little bit of a lack of experience as well. Now, Jamie Dixon is a guy that I have a lot of respect for, and you've got to give it up for him for the coaching job that he's been able to do. I just think that this is a TCU team that they are completely outgunned. I set Arizona as an 11 at point favorite i'm going to be willing to lay it with my total set it at a 146 so i'm going to be going over as well and with regards to going over you always want to take the over with regards to great content that you're going to be getting on visa we've got you covered all throughout the day it's going to be starting with point spread sunday and i'm going to be on with mark zeno on that at 5 30 a.m pacific 8 30 a.m eastern time so be on the lookout for that as we've got you covered all day long right here on visa the sports betting network Hey, Toby. Hey, Toby. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.